something with you. And I want to speak to you about apostolic purpose. And so let's ask the Lord to bless this time. Father, would you bless the word today and help us understand the purposes of your kingdom that we may increase the work of your kingdom to the glory of your name. In Jesus we pray, amen. Now, this is a big buzzword right now. It's the big popular word in the church, that being apostolic, apostolic and prophetic. You're hearing it. You're seeing books all over the place. And you have to ask yourself, why? Is it that we need uh, a new thing in the church? Do we need another title? And in some places, that is what's happening. Uh, they just want to, some folks just want to have another title. Bishop wasn't good enough, so now we've got to move up to apostle. But at the same time, even though there may be some like that, we have to ask ourselves, what's the Spirit of the Lord doing? You see, in past generations and in the early 2nd, 3rd, 4th centuries of the church, when it was essential to mark out and decree what was the right order of theology and doctrine, they would go back to the apostles' doctrine. And when they would mark teachers throughout church history, they would say that these teachers were apostolic. And what was meant by that is that they were staying in line with the apostles' doctrine. And so to be apostolic in one sense is to stay faithful to Scripture and to stay in line with apostolic authority. So it's important to be apostolic. And so this morning I'm not so much talking about the office of the apostle, but the fun function of being apostolic. I want to be an apostolic church. What do I mean by that? I want to follow the doctrine that has been laid in the New Testament for the church to follow. Does that make sense to you? And so we want to be an apostolic church. Now what comes through that is an apostolic power and order that we want to follow. So it's not just a title, but it is actually a function. It's restoring the purpose of the church. And how many of you know that the American church needs to be restored back to the apostolic doctrine. Amen? Let me give a little note uh, of teaching and interest here about apostolic. In the United States, you might see Pentecostal churches or church buildings that say apostolic faith or apostolic church. In the United States, many times the apostolic church means that it is oneness Pentecostals or Pentecostals who do not believe in the Trinity. They believe in what's called modalism. They believe that the Father became the Son and that the Son is now operating as the Spirit. And so they don't see the triunity of God. And so they call themselves apostolic. We would reject that and say that that is not apostolic according to the doctrine of the apostles. So I don't want to cause any confusion to you. You might be driving down the street and see an apostolic church and go, oh, that's what we want to be. Pastor talked about being apostolic. No, no way, no how. <laughs> All right, we believe in the triunity of God. We believe that there is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so apostolic is back to that original order that God had set in the church. It describes the function and foundation 
of the church. And that's what God is restoring back to the church, in my opinion. That's why you're hearing it in services. You're hearing it in teachings. You're seeing it in books. Because God has been restoring the fivefold ministry into the church so that we would get back to the essential equipping of the body of Christ so that we could accomplish what He set us on this earth to do. Jesus said, I'll build my church and here's the tools by which you'll build them. And we said, yeah, I'll take one of those. For the most part, the church has been built on pastors. It's a pastor-centered work. And Jesus said, I gave you, look at this, I gave you all these tools over here. And you're just taking a hammer. He said, I gave you apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. But we're building the church with one tool. And Jesus has given us many. And so what he wants to do, he's been restoring that back. He's been restoring evangelism back. He's been restoring pastor, teacher back. He's been restoring the prophetic. And now he's restoring the apostolic, which is back to the foundational functions of what the church is supposed to accomplish. And so we need to take a look at that. Jesus chose, it's very interesting when you consider this, but Jesus chose a word. When he said, I'm going to choose my leadership, he said, I'm going to call out apostles. What's really fascinating about this is he didn't use a Jewish word, a Hebrew word. If he would have used a Hebrew word, he's going, he would have said, I'm going to call forth rabbis, teachers, or he would use a term that was very familiar in, in synagogues, and he would call his presbytos, his elders, together. But he didn't name his leadership elder. He didn't name them rabbi. He didn't name them teacher. He chose a Roman or Greek word. Like, really? Salvation is of the Jews. It's out of the Hebrew Bible and language, but yet for the leadership of the New Testament, he called forth a word that, of course, was used in the Old Testament, one who is sent. But he chose a word very uh, defined by the culture he was living in. And in Roman culture, the apostle was a sent one. And that's what Jesus called them, sent ones. And so we understand that the kingdom is going to be built on the apostles. 1 Corinthians 12, 28 says, And he placed the church first, in the church, first of all, apostles, then prophets, teachers, then miracles, and so forth. Seventy times in the New Testament there are references to the apostolic leadership. What's really interested in the New Testament is this. If I were to ask you how many apostles there were in the New Testament, you would probably say twelve. But in fact, there are many others in the New Testament that are labeled apostles. It is a gift that is beyond just the foundational apostles. It is a gift that keeps on giving, if you will, and keeps on calling and stays an essential foundation. There were, in fact, 28 apostles named in the New Testament. 14 identified before Pentecost, and after Christ ascended, 14 individuals are listed after his ascension. So we see that the ascension gifts in Ephesians 4.11, which declares he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers, are continuing after the 12 apostles were chosen. Okay? 
So this is an office that still functions. And more than a singular office for a singular person, I believe, and I think it's important for us to understand, is what is the ministry of the apostolic. Because a church can function in the ministry of apostolic. It doesn't have to elect one apostle. It doesn't have to call one out. I believe that the fivefold ministry is the DNA of Jesus himself. He is the apostle. He is the evangelist. He is the prophet. And he operated as pastor, teacher, shepherd. He operated, and that is in fact his DNA, and that's the DNA that is going to save the world and bring the world into the kingdom of God. That's how we're going to win the lost. And that five-fold DNA of Jesus is in us as a people. Amen? So let's understand why he wants to build the foundation of the apostle. Let's look at that Roman concept of the term apostolos. It's a Greek word, apostolos. It literally means to send forth. To send forth. Here's the, the background behind it. You know that Rome had gone out into world conquest. It had conquered the then known world in such a way that the saying was, the sun never sets on Rome, right? I mean, it always rises on Rome. And so here it is. Yeah, it would be the sun, whatever it was, yeah. Wherever you went, you found Rome. Why did they do that? They went conquering, they went out. And this is the process by which they brought their civilization around the world. They would send out a fleet of ships that would go forth from Rome to the foreign lands. On a particular ship was the admiral or general. He was called the Apostolos. The, sent, the one sent forth. He was the one in authority. So the ships or the, the team of people going forth were apostolic. What they were to bring was the culture of Rome to the new land. So they would enter in the territory where people inhabited. They would subdue it and they would then change the culture from, let's say, African to Roman. How would they do that? They would change, first of all, the language. They would speak the language of Rome and expect the others to learn the language of Rome. They would change the currency. They would change the government and the authority. Basically, they were culture makers. They would transform the culture that they had come into from a culture of what used to be to now the Roman culture. And that's what an apostle did. The apostles were culture makers or culture changers sent to bring the kingdom they represented into a new land. Does that sound familiar to you? And so we understand that the apostles and the church is an apostolic ministry. And so that's what we are, culture makers, Forwardly advancing the movement of the kingdom of God. We are commissioned with a mission. Paul says it this way, that we're ambassadors. In 2 Corinthians 5.20, he says this, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making His appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled. Isn't that amazing? Be reconciled. We're ambassadors of the kingdom of God. Therefore, we are bringing the kingdom of God 
into planet Earth. We were called out of this planet, this world, called out of the world, so that we'd go right back in it. But a changed people. Now the kingdom of God inhabits us. And now we are to bring that kingdom outward to the surrounding area. And so each one of you is an ambassador for the Lord Jesus Christ and for His kingdom. You're an ambassador where you work. It is your job apostolically to bring the culture of the kingdom of God into the culture of your workplace. Students, it is your job to bring the culture of the kingdom of God into the culture of your high school, into your college. It is our purpose as apostolic to bring the culture of the kingdom of God into our neighborhood. And you've been doing that. You've been doing that. When you rake your leaves and you see your neighbor, you talk to your neighbor. You try to encourage them about God. You try to show them what it's like to be a good neighbor because you are a good neighbor because you represent as an ambassador what a neighbor in the kingdom of God is like. Amen? Don't you? I know you do. And at work, what you do apostolically is you bring the culture of Jesus into the job. You've been asked to cheat at work. But you say, I can't cheat at work because I'm an ambassador of a different kingdom. You may have to fire me, but that doesn't bother me because my king will rule my heart instead of you. Greed will not rule my heart. This job will not rule my heart. I'm not going to cheat like the rest. I'm not going to quit like the rest. You show to work up to work on time because you represent the kingdom of God and not the kingdom of men. You're a culture changer. And many of you have been doing this. You've been walking apostolically. The only thing I want to do is turn the heat up. Turn the flame up. And to walk with greater authority. You're an ambassador of the kingdom of God. I mean, if you were an ambassador to some two-bit country, that'd be one thing, right? I mean, you know how many ambassadors there are in foreign lands? They have their embassies and so forth, right? This is an embassy of the Lord Jesus Christ right here. We're gathered together, right? Now, now some lands have more clout than others, don't they? Like, I'm sure we have embassies from China and Japan here in the United States, right? Those embassies would matter because they got a lot of economy, a lot of investment. But I, I don't know how much the embassy for Chile is here. Do we have an embassy to Chile? I mean, it's like, what? You know, I don't know. It's, I, people, I'd see it and... What I'm trying to get at is you, you are an ambassador and an apostle of the kingdom of God, the most important kingdom there is, with the greatest influence on planet earth. We can't let this go. Represent well the kingdom of God. In an apostolic ministry, the church is the embassy of the kingdom of God. In the city of Roseville, this is the embassy of the kingdom of God. We should be making a difference in the way this city is run and how it's moving and shaking. In the city of Detroit, the churches have failed. We, together as a people, have failed these cities. They're bankrupt because the church has not been bringing the culture of God enough into it. We've been bringing religion, not the kingdom. There's a vast difference. And that's why God is coming back to the church and saying, look it, let's go back to basics. Amen? 
Any coach who has a team that is failing at what they're supposed to be executing will bring the team back to basics. Let's get this right. Let's go back to the apostolic foundation of what we're supposed to be doing. So let's take it back and remember exactly what we're here for. We were given a mission. Amen? How many of you know that you are on a mission? All right. To have a mission means to be co-missioned. The word co means with. We are a people with mission. And so if I can help you consider why we're here, why we got saved, and what we're doing at 10.05 on a Sunday morning when it's freezing outside. Why are we here? Because we have a mission. Say it with me. We have a mission. One more time. We have a mission. What is our mission? Glad you asked that. Let me read it to you. In Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20, you can turn to your Bibles there. Matthew 28, 18 to 20, Jesus outlines the mission. If you have a mission and you are sent on that mission, you are walking in the office of what? Apostle. It's an apostolic mission. Pastor, are you calling me an apostle? I'm calling in general the church universal should be apostolic. We all have a mission. Now there will be those who have that DNA of Jesus to walk apostolically. You might have the DNA that would have you walk more evangelistic. Someone might have it where they walk more prophetic. But here's the thing. Overall, the church has to function apostolically. Now each, unit, each individual church will have a five-fold bent to it. Some churches are, are evangelistically driven. They, and we've talked about this. They, they want to get people saved. They bring people in. They get people saved. They're constantly working at it. So in their five-fold, they're very evangelistic. They're, they're reaching the lost. Some churches are very deep teaching churches. Their emphasis is to study the Word, go deep with the Word, right? And, and in, a, in an aspect, we would want all five of those functioning, certainly, in the church. But still, there's an anointing or a mantle that we carry. This church tends to carry an apostolic mantle to by which we lay foundations and others follow and learn from what we're doing. So, with that, let me share with you universally what the church should follow. Matthew 8, uh, 28, 18-20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That is an apostolic commission. It says, go. All power has been given unto me. I now give it to you. Go. That is the apostolos. That is the ships going forward to bring the kingdom of God into the kingdom of man. That's our job. That's your job. To bring the kingdom of God. Matthew 10, 40, Jesus said this, Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me. Anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Who is the first apostle? Jesus. The Father sent the Son. 
The Son now brings salvation, and the Son now sends us. And Jesus says, if they receive you, they receive me. Do you know what that means? As an ambassador, you are given the authority of the one who sent you. That's why he says, those who believe, these signs will follow them. These signs will follow those who have been commissioned as my ambassadors. That's another way to put it. How are we commissioned as his ambassadors? We are blood-bought and spirit-anointed, sealed, so now we can bring the authority of Jesus to bear in the kingdom. Now he also said this, those who rejected me will reject you. So it goes both ways, doesn't it? Just because we carry the burden of the witness of Jesus Christ doesn't mean they're going to like us and we're going to save everybody. There will be rejecting of the kingdom, right? But as apostles, we are to go forward. John 20, 21, Jesus said this to them, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, I also, what? Send you. John 17, he prayed, As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. Is there any question that the church is apostolic? What does it mean? Sent to bring the culture of God to a culture of man. And so it is our job to bring the kingdom to bear. That's what we're supposed to do. And so we move apostolically. We are sent ones. We can't forget that. We have to remember. So we therefore have to learn the kingdom if we're going to say it, uh, bring it. Now, the Sermon on the Mount. That's the teaching for the apostolic doctrine. The Sermon on the Mount describes the kingdom of God that we're to bring to the next culture. Okay, so imagine you're on the ships and you're the head apostolos, and you're going to go over to, I don't know, Thailand. All right? And you're bringing the Roman authority into Thailand. And you say, okay, well, what should we bring with us? I want you to bring the very culture of Rome to that place so that you bring the culture of how Romans behave, how Romans believe, how Romans speak, and how Romans act. You do that and bring it to Thailand and convert that culture to the kingdom of Rome. And it's no different here. How are we supposed to win the world to Jesus Christ and convert man's kingdoms into receiving God's kingdom? Jesus taught that. Read it. It's, it's the Sermon on the Mount. If we're to live the culture of the kingdom, we are to be the salt and the light. In other words, we're the reference point for the kingdom shift. You look at us. And he said, blessed are those what who are meek. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. He's giving you kingdom culture right there. And so we should be studying the Sermon on the Mount so that we're bringing kingdom culture to the workplace, to the home, to our neighborhood. Does that make sense to you? So that we're modeling ourselves after what the kingdom looks like as found in the Sermon on the Mount. In fact, it is apostolic. That's the culture changer you're supposed to bring. What does the Sermon on the Mount say? He says, let me teach you how to pray. Our Father, who is in heaven, holy is your name. Now, your kingdom come on earth 
as it is in heaven. That's an apostolic declaration. We're supposed to, that's, that's what we do. You've been praying apostolically. How many of you have been praying for the will of God to be done? Anybody here? Anybody? Any prayer? In the last week, did anybody pray, thy will be done, thy will be done? You needed God's will to be done. Apart from what you needed. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, we need, we need healing, we need deliverance, we need help so we can effectively promote the kingdom of God. But beyond that, how many of you prayed for someone else or some purpose of God to come forth into this earth realm? Raise your hands up. You're apostolic people. You're apostolic people. We've got to get used to this language, all right? There, it's, it's funny, when we, when we go back to biblical basics and the, and the coach comes back and says, let's go back to the foundation, we've got so many critics in the church. All this apostolic talk. Now we need apostles. Who's apostles? Those are just power-hungry people. We don't need the ap- apostolic. We've got this, we've got that. These people are heretics. They're crazy and loose. It's like, wow, can't you see what the Spirit's trying to accomplish here? We're trying to build the kingdom and get rebooted again back to the foundational key issues of what we're doing we don't need to be identifying apostles more we need to be identifying what is apostolic does that make sense to you and so that's what you are and know it you've been praying apostolically thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven Go into all nations, teaching them, making them disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is apostolic considerations. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Now, what is the gospel? What is this kingdom of God? I'm afraid we've strayed from what this kingdom is. When Jesus came, what was the message He preached? Repent, because what's at hand? The kingdom of God. He brought the kingdom of God. You know what the gospel is? Good news. It stands for good news. Does anybody know what the good news is? Hear all the different answers. Salvation. That's what we've minimized the gospel to. Jesus didn't come preaching salvation. He preached the kingdom which salvation is an essential part of, but not the complete message. You getting this? All right, so let's look at this. What is the good news that came to mankind? Well, the entrance of that good news is this, that we can be saved from our sins. And what we've done by preaching the gospel, we've preached you can be forgiven and your sins washed clean. And we end there. And if we get them saved, we've preached the gospel. No, we haven't. And then Pentecostals, we say, we're full gospel. (laughs) We're full gospel. We not only teach salvation, but we can also speak in tongues and lay hands on the sick. We teach the full gospel, the gifts of the Spirit. Is that the full gospel? No, it is not. The full measure of the gospel is this. Jesus came and died so that through his blood there would be an atonement for our sins so that he took the judgment and wrath of God for sin on his own body so that we would not come under the wrath of God and judgment for sin. So his blood cleanses us from sin. That's the first part of the gospel. 
And so by doing that, he did it for a reason. So that what else could happen? The Spirit of the living God could now what? Dwell in us. Salvation was just a function and purpose to get God's Spirit into mankind. But you see what we've done with the Gospel? We've shrunk it to get saved. Nothing wrong with getting saved. It's essential to be saved. But that's like going over to someone's house and staying in the vestibule. Staying at the front door. There's a whole big house for you to be invited into. And so they've been saved. That's what Jesus did. He came to, be sa- to, to save us so that the Spirit of God could dwell in us. So now, the Spirit of God dwells in us for what reason? So that we would become sons of God. We would become one with God, joint heirs with Jesus Christ, co-laborers. So we are now sons of God. That's important because that now gives us the full rights and benefits of the kingdom. Now that we're sons of God, what's the purpose after that? Just do the best we can until we get to heaven. Really? Good luck. then, Then there's the greater function of bringing the kingdom of God into this earth and transform it. But if we stay at the front door, we're never going to get to the function and purpose of what the church is supposed to do. Yes, we're supposed to get people saved. That's what we're doing, bringing that culture to them. But we're also supposed to be changing the environment around us because the kingdom is within us. And so we should be living large the kingdom of God. Does that make sense to you? Living the kingdom of God. So what has happened is we've reduced the church and the kingdom of God and in fact the gospel to getting saved and then dying and going to heaven. Can I, can I also let you in on something? Heaven is not where we're supposed to stay. Heaven as you know it, you know the clouds and the harps and the angels and all that, is only a holding tank for our spirit and soul. It was never designed for us to be there eternally. Because the kingdom is going to come to planet earth and then God will dwell with man, spirit with the physical realm, will get a new body resurrected where spirit and flesh, not, not the bad flesh, but spirit and physical life will be conjoined together as one. We're going to be moving into the new Jerusalem and out into the outer planets and everywhere else. You were meant to be physical. You were meant to live on planet earth, but to rule and reign with the Lord Jesus Christ in that dimension we'll become dimensional in spirit and in physical. That's awesome. But we've reduced salvation to get saved and someday you'll float on a cloud. And you'll leave and get rid of this awful, terrible place. And that's a great idea for people who are persecuted and hurt and can't 
change their situation. And, and so you look forward to just get me out of here and I want to go to heaven. But what's happened is that's become our entire mindset, which has undermined our commission. Our commission is to change this place. Not leave it for a better place, but to bring the better place here. Amen? Amen. Mike's got it. Come on. Right? Amen. We want an escapism when in fact he said, bring the kingdom here. Bring his authority here. Bring his purposes here. And that's what we're doing. This is no easy task. This is a battle. This is hard. But he has fully equipped us to accomplish it. And this is our joy and our purpose. We get too caught up in the kingdoms of men. We're on a fence between we want this, we like this and that. But we've forgotten what's better is what's coming and what is in us through Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Now, let me just conclude with this. We've got to be more interested in being apostolic than who is the apostle. Being more interested in being prophetic than which one is the prophet. Because his body has all of these attributes. It's more important to see the verb than it is to identify the noun. Did you get that? Some of you, I lost you on that one. You were like, amen, amen. I use noun and verb, I know. Verb is an action word. It's the doing word. The other one's a title. But we, we fight over title. Skip the title, let's do what we were called to do. There's an apostolic mission. We're going back to the original point. The original point is this. We are sent ones. We are to act apostolic. That they might be with him and that he might send them out. When he chose the twelve, he said this, I want you to be with me so that I can send you. That's why you're here today. That's why you came in this house today, so that you would be with Christ as a body, and we are then going to be what? Sent out. Right? And so this is what is apostolic. We have a mission. We've been, what we've been doing with church is gathering people into this place when the church should be sending people out of this place. Right? Now I know you got to have doors to bring them in, but they swing both ways. The function of the church is to be sending people out, sending people out, sending people out, sending people out. My job is to equip you for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Our job together is to be equipped for what we're doing out there. You don't do church in here. We're the church out there. We're apostles. We're sent ones. We have to bring the kingdom to bear. In the next couple of weeks, I'm going to share with you what that means. What it means to be a sent one. Well, How do you bring the culture of heaven or the culture of the kingdom? It's the same word, it, 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 whether it's the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. The concept's the same. It's God's kingdom here how do we do that and we're going to study and learn how to do that and so he's called us to bring the kingdom here and i like the phrase that's being uh used right bring it you ever hear that come on come on bring it and so we need to do just that we need to bring it we need to bring your a game have you heard that one Right? What does that mean? Bring your best to every situation. And that best is Jesus Christ. 
This is what an apostolic church will do. This is what an apostolic people will do. They know they have purpose because they have mission. And they are on a mission. Tell your neighbor, I'm on a mission. Say that. You're on a mission. You're on a mission. Now let me ask you, as the band's coming, let me ask you this question. How many of you are praying for someone to get saved? Okay, good, man. We've got a mission right now. We're good. All right, good. You've got a mission. How many of you leave your house and go to some place of employment? Okay, we've got another mission. How many of you know your neighbors to the right and to the left? I'm not even going to ask about across the street because that's like, <laughs> are you kidding me? I've never seen anyone come in or out of that place in 25 years. <laughs> Our communities are, are, haven't you noticed everybody's very isolated? Uh, how many of you network on uh, Facebook or some kind of social networking? Okay. Do you talk to anybody at work? Anybody talk to anybody at work? Oh man, we've got a mission right and left, don't we? And, and so what's happening is you're bringing the kingdom to them, aren't you? In big and small ways. Look, at you don't have, we'll get into this in the next couple weeks, but you don't have to sit there and, and tell them about Jesus. You live the kingdom. You are the kingdom of God. Amen? Say it. I am the kingdom of God. Amen, amen. I want to get this stuff in us. And so that's who we are. That's what we're accomplishing. Stand up with me, if you will, and let me pray over you.